hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh Lord, that's our prayer. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to, to get distracted. Yes, Lord. And Sister Veronica prayed just how, how we get distracted and, and our mind goes to places where we know that they shouldn't go. Mm. So God, our prayer is that you allow this fire to burn inside of us, the fire of the Holy Spirit, so that we may see your will mm. and we may walk in your ways. Mm. That, that we may be ever present in what you are doing around us, mm. who you continue to introduce us to, yes. so that we may introduce them to the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Yes. So Lord, we just ask that you allow this time to allow my words to, to be your words, mm. to allow your spirit to be here in this chapel, but, but through uh, the internet as we are sharing this out for anyone to see. Mm-hmm. And maybe, God, that the message that they hear today, either through the songs or through the prayers or, or even through the words that I will say, yeah. that they draw them closer to you, yeah. and to your love, and to your grace, and to your power. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So it has been a fun day. I, I, have, I have just thoroughly enjoyed what, what we've been able to do today. Uh, one of the things being Methodist, we have we have this connection that we we like to call it, and uh, shared communion with one another. And, and I reached out to our bishop, and he was uh, said, you know, yes, please allow uh, Pastor Gilbert to to help consecrate the elements this morning. And that was such a a, a very life-giving moment for me to be able to do that and i also just give you the greetings from our bishop michael mckee and his wife and also our district superintendent dr ron henderson who uh, is retiring off of the cabinet this year and so he'll be moving into a different uh, form that i know uh, he he was actually preached a couple weeks ago at our church because uh, I, i was supposed to be gone for a conference and uh, he came, but then my wife Tracy got COVID, mm. and so we were automatically just stuck at home. Yeah. So Absolutely. I, I am thankful that he was there, but and Bless just thankful you. for the relationship that our churches are building. Yes, because yes. because relationships are so important. The yes. relationships in the yes. kingdom of God are so important that yes. you know it, it, it's so easy to find enemies now. It's so easy to find people that that you disagree with, but when, when you have the, the bond of friendship, and when you have the opportunity to do a pulpit swap like what uh, Pastor James and I have done today, I think it allows us to see 
how the body of Christ should work. Yes, 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 sir. So, we uh, decided to do a, a sermon series. Yeah. Or at least I, I, I'm doing a sermon series at our church. I was thankful that Pastor James was able to talk about how we, we bridge across all lines this morning, and he did a beautiful job of that. I'm so thankful. Bless you. Bless you. But today I, I get to talk about how brotherly love demands forgiveness. Yes, yes, yes. And, and we know that, that this is Paul's shortest letter in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And it's written to Philemon, who was in Colossae. Mm -hmm. And it's regarding a slave who ran away and ended up 1,300 miles away wow. from Colossae. Mm -hmm. If you look, the distance is just amazing. He, did, he just didn't go to, you know, to Rockwall from Grace City. He went basically from Dallas all the way to Seattle. That, wow. that kind of distance... And it's amazing to think mm. that the impact that this runaway slave had on Paul, mm. and I believe the impact that he had on his, his master Philemon, is one of the reasons why this short 25-verse letter is still in Scripture today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, when Paul first saw Philemon, when Paul first saw Onimus, Onesimus, he, he decided to send him back hmm. to his master. And at the very beginning of this letter, we can see ways that I think we could all agree with. I think when Philemon was looking at this letter, he was probably steaming a little bit because his former slave handed him the letter. But when he was reading this very first part, he, he realized that he could totally agree with what Paul had to say to him. Hmm. First, if you remember, Philemon was told, was reminded of the love that he had for all of his people. He, he, he was a leader in the church, probably the pastor of the church. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Paul knew that, that he loved those within his congregation. Yeah. And you all know that sometimes it's a whole lot easier to love the people that sit in the seats next to you than it is the people to sit outside yeah. of the building. Yeah, that's right. So, so we know that that, that Paul and, and Philemon are probably going, okay, I can agree with this. Mm -hmm. But then he starts talking about something a little bit more, like ratcheted up a little bit, talking about the agape or charity mm -hmm. that Philemon shared with those in his congregation. Yeah. This is a, a word that, that is used in love three separate times within this book that, that talks about that this full-on charity that Paul is able to, that Philemon is able to extend to those immediately around him. Mm -hmm. But then finally, Paul reminds Philemon that because of that great love that he receives from God and because of that great love that he shares with those around him, that we are not forced to be in a relationship with one another. But it is something that should be voluntarily given into. And it's not just a voluntary love for those that we care about, but it's that voluntary love to others that we may disagree with. Our, our scripture for today continues with this. And, and I'm going to be reading from Philemon, verse 12 through 16. Uh -huh. 
where Paul writes these words. I am sending him, hmm. Onesimus, who is my very heart back to you. Hmm. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. Hmm. But I did not want to do anything without your consent. So that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have, have might, so that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you. Hmm. Both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Hmm. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yes, thank you, Lord. You know, I think Paul first starts this little letter to the Philemon and and he's buttering him up. (laughs) And and, and we get to this next part where where Paul starts to poke and prod a little yeah, bit yeah. at Philemon. And he does this by, by one simple phrase. He says that there is a, a relationship that now has been built between Paul and Onesimus. Hmm. Hmm. That, that, that there is something special in between there. And, and if we take a look at, at what Paul is really saying in this phrase, he's using a Greek word called Splechnon. Now that, that's that's a very kind of earthy, hard word, but it basically means that that you are now my inner guts. Yeah. You are you are deep inside of me. And, and and like Paul used the word agape three times within this short letter, he uses this word splechnon three times to talk about how deep that this love and compassion is for Onesimus. Mm. And and the understanding that Paul was not just sending back a former slave or or a runaway slave. Mm. Paul was sending back to Philemon a part of who he was. See, Onesimus was not just a a person that ran away from from Philemon and and just found Paul, Mm. but he is now a part of Paul. That's good. And that's what happens when we become brothers and sisters in Christ. That's good. We, we are no longer just this individuals that are living life separately. Hmm. We are now connected. Yeah. We are now the shplechnon, this deep connectedness of one another that must be honored. Yeah, yeah. That must be respected. That must be loved. Now, it, it, it's not... One of these things that we hear, you know, how absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's not that at all. All right. Because I'm sure when Philemon first saw Onesimus coming down the road, that he was boiling angry. <laughs> yeah. He was so mad that not only did this former slave just just take off. Yeah. And and and. and we think that he may have just more than just taken off, that he took off with stuff that Philemon owned so yeah. he can make it that 1,300 miles yeah. to Rome. That's it. But here was this thief, mm. this, this outcast, the, this slave, mm. 
that finally was wondering, well, what do I do now? And Paul says that Onesimus is a part of his very own heart. Yes, sir. So what does it mean to be a dear brother or sister? And I love how Pastor James this morning was talking about the relationships between family members and those outside of the family. You know, me and my brother Dave, we had some knockout, dragout fights within the house. And I remember growing up, one of the things my, my mom, our mom, she worked as a uh, secretary at a, a church in Hutchinson. And, and my brother and I, we were we were those latchkey kids that, that that came home after school. You know, we got our snacks, we did our homework, we sat down and watched TV. And oh yeah, we were supposed to do some chores here or there. <laughs> but my brother, being three years older than I am, uh-oh. he decided, well, you know, I think Chris can do these chores a whole lot better than I can. So as I get one chore done half well done. My brother's like, oh, Chris, you need to do this too. Mom said you need to do this too. Mom said you need to do this. And I would get so mad. And the next thing you know, blows have happened. And then the dreaded phone call that I know my mom got at least once a week from me. All right. Mom, David thinks I'm his slave. He's trying to make me do anything. <laughs> the whining, the crying just happened over and over and over. However, as Pastor James reminded us this morning, if anyone tried to cross my brother outside of the house, yeah. then they would have to deal with little brother. All right, all right. Then they would have to deal with a little brother. I remember one time when my brother was, was having a problem with somebody, and, and that, that person called my brother a name. And my brother is about this tall, oh, kind of okay. real skinny. Oh, okay. And this little kid, three years younger, just attacked this other kid that was my brother's height and age and, and just went to town on him. Hmm only to be picked up by him and kind of held like this and then smacked right in the gut. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't mess with family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Paul is saying something like that here to, to Philemon. When he says that Onesimus is a part of his very heart, he is saying, love, Philemon, you don't mess with family. Come on. Onesimus, well, one time he was a slave, but no longer he is now a yeah. child of God yeah, who is your brother. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 18 21 reminds us a man with many acquaintances may suffer harm, but there is a loving friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. See, we look at that passage and we see Jesus in that as the one who sticks closer than a brother to us. But, but I think Paul has that in mind to, to Philemon and say, look, this is what you are supposed to do. We may know a lot of people around town, but the friend who sticks closer to you is a brother. Hmm. Hmm. 
not just a, a, a fellow man, but, but he is a brother in the Lord. And because of that, you must forgive. That's it. That's it. We love forgiveness, don't we? Especially when it has to happen to us. <laughs> right. when, when, when we want people to forgive us. All the time. You know, Jesus in Matthew 18, 22, he reminds us how many times we are to forgive. Mm. 70 times 7. Ooh. Now, that doesn't mean that we stop at 490 times. <laughs> but what Jesus is reminding us is that we continually forgive. Yeah. We, we continue to, to live in a way that, that exudes forgiveness from us. Yeah. Or to be offered to us. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there, there are powerful things that happen within forgiveness. Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir. But see, the bigger problem, and I think this may be a problem that Philemon had to deal with, hmm. is that he was the one being asked to do the forgiving. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we don't want to do that. Sometimes we don't want to think that we are in the wrong right. because everybody else was in the wrong. Right. See, that's what brotherly love requires of us. Brotherly and sisterly love requires us to put down our own egos and say that I messed up, even when we don't think that we really messed up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I talked to Pastor James about this sermon. I asked him if he would be okay and not offensive if I shared this story. Yeah, please do. So I, I'm going to share the story about a time when I was a junior in high school. Yeah. And there was an extremely popular uh, TV show out at the time called L.A. Law. And you may be, may be familiar, if you're my age, you may remember this law. Uh, had uh, Blair Underwood was in it, uh, yeah. I believe. Um, Yes, Michael Hamlin. Um, Corbin Burnson. There you go. Yeah, Corbin Burnson, exactly. You know, it, it, it was a great, fun law show. And there was one time we were, uh, I was a part of a select music group called The Expressives. And we had this uh, time, uh, our, 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 our music time was about noon, so we could go out and do what we called run-out concerts. But we did like, pop songs, we did madrigals and all that type of stuff in high school. And we were practicing one uh, afternoon and our director, Mr. Ronnie, he would uh, stop directing after a while and he would just go off on these little tangents. <laughs> and one other time, he, he, he started to talk about somebody with uh, something called Tourette's Syndrome. Oh, yeah. Which is with something where, where you we you don't have really control over what you say and, and anything and everything come come out. And, and there was an episode of L.A. Law where there was someone with Tourette syndrome that was in trouble, uh -huh. and, and, and the lawyers from uh, L.A. Law they, they were they were defending this young man, mm -hmm. and he would get up on the on the stand and he would just cuss and he would say things. Yeah. And, and my, my music director was trying to figure out who was the lawyer that, that took care of this young person. We kept thinking, we kept thinking, and I remember, I remember exactly who it was. It was Blair Underwood because the guy with Tourette's syndrome called him a... Mm. 
N-word. Yeah. I got you. And it was said on TV back in the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. So I just said it just right out loud. This this white boy from middle class, small town, Hutchinson, Kansas, just thought that's what he called him. It's on TV. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my friend Monty, who was an African-American gentleman who, who is my age, mm. he took offense to that. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, why did you say that? I said, well, that's... That's what he called them. Mm. And we got things cooled down a little bit, and we started to sing the next song. And Monty looked at me again, and he still had a look of anger in his eyes. Mm. And I winked at him, just because I was friendly. Mm. Monty got up, and, and we almost went to blows there. Mm. Bless you, bless you. But see, I realized mm. that for me, that was a problem. Mm. You know, even though I lived in a white middle class existence, I was ignorant to the fact mm -hmm. that some of the words that I can use can hurt someone yes. so right. deeply. Yes. Yes, now, Pastor James has said that I have absolutely nothing to, to worry about or to need forgiveness, but you know what? I do need to ask for forgiveness. Bless you, bless you. Because it, it shows that, that I think that my ego is way more important than somebody else's, and that is not the fact. Bless you. Bless that I need to look at my brothers and sisters of different races, of different nationalities, mm. and let them know that those words don't define who they are. Praise the Lord. But because we share in the bondage of, of being bond servants of Christ, that that right, bond right. is way more important yes, it is. than the other bonds that we place out there around us. Bless you, preacher. Bless you, pastor. You know, even several years later, hmm. after 10 plus years of being a pastor, hmm. being a lifetime Christian, and I pray a brother in Christ. Yes. I still need to ask for forgiveness. Have mercy. Bless you. I still have to say, you know, I've messed up. Bless you, Pastor. And, and we had communion this morning, and, and during the prayer of confession, one of the lines that we say in that confession is that we ask forgiveness for the things that we have done, but we also ask for forgiveness for those things that we leave undone. Mm. Mm. See, I think with Philemon, he could have easily just swept everything underneath the rug and, and just went back to the old stock life with Onesimus. Mm -hmm. Put him back in the place of a slave. We don't, we don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. right. But my hope and prayer is that through this letter that, that Paul sent to Philemon, that he said, you know what? Onesimus is a child of God. Yes. Onesimus is a brother in yes. Christ. Yes. Onesimus is someone that is so deep and so loved by Paul, that very much a part of Paul's heart, hmm. that Onesimus must now become a part of my heart. My, my, my. Thank Thanks you, be to God that He gives us the grace mm. to be able to offer and to ask for forgiveness. 
Thanks be to God that, that when, when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't see someone that offends him. Hmm. He sees somebody that he came to save. Yes. Thanks be to God that, that we have partnerships like Roy City First United Methodist Church has with Meeks Chapel and with, with New Hope Baptist Church to say we are all together in community because first and foremost right. of the love that we share in Jesus Christ. That's true. Yeah. And the love that, that we share in Jesus Christ and the love that we should share with one another. another. Yes. yes. You know, my hope and prayer is that as we continue to, to live and, and look at this letter, this very small but powerful letter, mm. we can ask for forgiveness. We can extend forgiveness to one another. And then we can work to make things right. Yes. Because that is what God calls us to do. Yes, sir. Let us yes, pray. Sir. Oh, God. I pray that my words honor you. I pray that what I've said allows people to come closer to who you are. I pray that as we continue to build relationships with one another, as the world tears each other apart, those within the church, as Pastor James said this morning, we are the solution. Yes. And when we get things right, which is a struggle, I admit it, it's a struggle to get things right, but when we get things right, it gives a picture of what it means to live in our kingdom. Yes, yes. A kingdom is already breaking through, that we see bits and pieces of it. That kingdom that we are called to live in as brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. Children of the living God. And we pray all of this in the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.